Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, my friends. And this is the podcast where two brothers do something that two brothers have never done before in the history of the human race. Talk about comic books. Uh, I'm one of the two brothers. My name is Will Hines. I'm your other brother slash host, Kevin Hines. And uh, we are performers and teachers at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I'm in Los Angeles. Kevin is in the New York City area. And I'm being vague because he lives in New Jersey, but the UCB Theater is in New York. Now I'm no longer vague. So we're both comedians, and we love comic books, and um, we talk about them on this podcast. And this season, this is season three, we're talking about The Incredible Hulk. In particular, the first six issues of The Hulk ever uh, that are really fun and crazy. And we're on issue six today. Yeah, this is the last one before The Hulk is canceled. Never to be heard from again. This obscure yeah. comic book character that we dug up and we think that is cool. Yeah, we think he should get another shot, The Incredible Hulk. Um, he gets canceled, then he comes back in Tales to Astonish, and then that be- that be- gets turned into a The Incredible Hulk at some point. Uh, after this issue, he will show up in The Fantastic Four a few times, Spider-Man, Thor, maybe Iron Man, I don't, I don't remember for sure. Then he fights Ant-Man, or slash Giant-Man, and then he moves into Tales to Astonish, with issue 60, and then around issue 102, they rename Tales to Astonish the Incredible Hulk. He just takes over that numbering. Uh, by that point, Ant-Man had already been kicked off. Submariner was in there, I think, at that point. Uh, and probably Submariner went off to his own book for a little while. And, uh, yeah, the Hulk uh, has had a comic mostly ever since. He's successful, is what I say. It's crazy how much he jumped around. Um, but um, I mean, he didn't sell fast. He wasn't an immediate hit like the Fantastic Four or Spider-Man. I don't know whether Daredevil was a hit right away by the time that started, because Daredevil didn't get canceled. Uh, Avengers must have been a pretty good hit, you would think. X-Men. I mean, by that point, they were launching new titles. They liked the Hulk, though. They, they had faith in him for some reason. I'm sure somebody out there knows the story, and we just don't know it. Yeah, like, either Stan who, who, who or Jack for the Hulk? or both must have loved the Hulk because he showed up in their flagship book, the Fantastic Four, uh, and then later on showed up in their other huge hit book, Spider-Man. You know, this is a character without a title. So they clearly thought there was something there, and I agree with them. Me yeah, so and all, me alone agrees with them. Yeah, you're taking the, the fringe opinion that the Hulk is popular. Kevin, this issues that we're doing today is a little different. The first five issues were mostly done by Jack Kirby, although Steve Ditko actually drew a lot of issue two, we realize now. We didn't realize when we did that episode. Yes. But we this, stupidly Hulk, Hulk, uh, we, missed it, and I feel bad about it still to this I, day. I do, because it's very obvious now that it's been pointed out to me. But the Hulk is a creation of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And so I think of this as a Jack Kirby character, not a Steve Ditko character. Steve Ditko, the artist who did Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Ditko was pretty involved in the Hulk. Like I say, he did most of issue two, maybe all of issue two, uh, or just a lot of it. And then... Um, here he is doing today's issue, issue six. Yeah, and he's also the guy who is uh, given the Hulk when it goes to Tales to Astonish initially. He's like the Hulk guy right now. Yeah, and um, he ends up being the guy who makes the big decision that Banner turns into the Hulk when he's angry, which is now like canon. Like that is what everybody thinks of as the Hulk, but that wasn't true in the first six issues that we've read so far. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's definitely, it doesn't come up in the, sorry, I'm still coughing. Uh, people who listened to last episode. Um, it doesn't happen a lot in the Avengers issues, uh, his changing back and forth. It doesn't happen a lot in the Fantastic Four uh, or Spider-Man issue at all, I think. It doesn't change at all in the Spider-Man story. Um, in the Ant-Man story, he does change a little bit, so maybe it's established there. It's all just really vague. Ditko's the one who sort of like has Banner out loud explain what's happening. Um how he gets from the end of this issue to there is never really established, I don't think, unless it's been retconned at some point. Because at the end of this issue, he's still using a machine to change into the Hulk. And it's just being arbitrarily unreliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's re- really weird decisions made in this issue. I think this issue is slightly less crazy than the last two, just because Ditko usually doesn't have as many things happen as Jack Kirby does. The last two issues with Tyrannus... Uh, were just like full of you know huge things happen all the time. Fountain of Youth, Civilizations, World War. Yeah, less um, less happens here. It's still crazy. Oh, it's still nuts. It's another alien. <laughs> it's another alien coming to attack the Hulk. It's another good example that the Hulk just doesn't have great villains. The Hulk is weird. Like they just until the leader is established, and that's for sure a Ditko thing. 
He doesn't have a real good villain. I guess it's just something fun about a big, strong, angry guy. Yeah. Like, that's what's working here is the Hulk has just had it. The Hulk has always had it. He's ready to punch his way out of anything. Um, it's fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you his, know, like, his best appearances are probably before Tales to Astonish are the Fantastic Four stories where he fights the thing, right? That's probably the best Hulk story. Yeah, that's probably right. It's a, I mean, it's a good one. And then the Avengers is probably pretty fun. The Spider-Man one, he's kind of a small part of that. I haven't read the Thor story that he uh, shows up in. So this is a Steve Ditko issue that we're doing, and uh, Ditko's art is so different than Kirby's, and I love both of them. Ditko's is, like, more... He's got, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's a bit more realistic, even though he's drawing insane things. Mm-hmm. But that by but weirdly, by drawing it realistic, it looks stranger. Like, it, it really it really makes clear how strange it would be to have a Hulk sized person like roaming around. Yeah. There's something, the way he draws the army around, I like, I sort of like more than Kirby's He-Man armies. Um, the Kirby's Hulk is probably superior. Ditko has like an emo Hulk. He draws these, these kind of big soulful eyes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Kirby's Hulk's face looks a little better. Kirby's Hulk looks powerful. And Ditko's Hulk looks angry, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, they're both angry. What am I talking about? But Well, yeah, like the, Ditko's Hulk is a little bit more anatomically reasonable. <laughs> and so, yeah, maybe the emotion comes through more. I, I don't know. It's interesting. And, of course, you know, we have Steve Ditko. So, like, all the regular people are Ditko-esque versions of themselves with slightly strange hair and, I think, more dapper clothes. Ditko is really into mod clothes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I It's – I'm – I'm pleased to see Ditko come back, but he's probably not as good a fit for the Hulk as Kirby is. Kirby, Kirby feels made for it. Kirby's all about like burly, strong dudes. Yeah, everyone looks like a bouncer in a Jack Kirby. Thing. Yeah, and I mean, the Hulk is strong and like punches and punching. That's a Kirby thing. Like uh, weird, weird angles is a, a Ditko thing. Yeah, weirdly articulated fingers. That's Ditko. Punching his way out of everything, that's Kirby. Um, let's get into it. Okay. Um, what do you think of this cover? The Metal Master is who we're going to see in this issue. Yeah. Um, it's a fine cover. It's, it's not... I don't think it's amazing. We see we see some dude, the villain, on a platform floating above the action. He's got a bald head with like rays coming out of it. And then there's the Hulk, and there's like a steel girder that is being melted and turned into a cage that's trapping the Hulk. I think it's a tank that's being turned into a cage. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a tank. And uh, the Metal Master is saying, Even your limitless strength cannot save you from me, Hulk. All the metal on Earth is mine to command, for I am, open quotes, the Metal Master, close quotes. Um, I'm glad that he knows that his nickname is a little silly, so he puts it in quotes when he's talking. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everything about the Metal Master is so strange i don't know i don't know how else to describe it um i mean there's actually nothing strange about him he he's like your classic supervillain. he's like well he was a human yeah he comes from a race of metal masters right yeah that's what's weird i don't know how are they always fighting each other on that planet it's so convoluted um in a world that has supervillains to, to make the metal master an alien, an evil alien from a race of good metal masters. And he's the one power hungry one. Uh, but this is the first issue in a while that is a full story. The last couple issues have been like two stories. <laughs> one that changes Hulk's status quo and one where he fights yeah. uh, either a, a racially insensitive character <laughs> or an alien. Right. Or both. Um, now we have a full comic book length story. That's right. Uh, this splash page is pretty fun. I think it's a better cover than the cover. I agree. Um, it's, a good, it's a good look at the Hulk. It's a, this is a good Hulk drawing by Ditko. The splash page previews the Hulk fighting Metal Master. Metal Master is like standing in some kind of scrapyard and just hurling all kinds of metal objects at the Hulk, and he's just like screaming and punching them back, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see uh, Artie Simic is lettering this issue. Kevin, do you have any opinions on Artie Simic? I think Artie is a hack. Yeah. Uh, his work is clearly subpar compared to some of the other letterers. He's the lowest common denominator letterer, you know? He appeals to our base instincts. No, I think he's fine. Uh, I don't know. I, and, have, um, I have no opinion on Artie. Um, but thanks for the work, Artie. Uh, okay, page two, or page one of our story, page two of the comic. 
Uh, General Thunderbolt Ross is is uh, is mad that Bruce Banner is not around. They need him for a missile test. Yeah, they're shooting a missile. Uh, it's nice. Uh, it's one of the um, nicest compliments General Thunderbolt Ross has given Banner up to this point. He says he's the brains behind the entire space probe. That's nice. That's a nice. That is the only positive thing we've heard him say about Bruce yeah. Banner. Betty Ross, our love interest, is worried about where Banner is, and Rick Jones, our teenage sidekick, is also wondering. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's understandable. Uh, ba- uh, Rick all- knows a little bit. He knows that Banner somewhere is the Hulk. Yes, he knows that Banner is the Hulk. And it seems to be that Banner had agreed to show up here, so Rick is confused that Banner's not here. But we find out why the Hulk, in his Hulk form, cannot get back to his secret base where he's able to turn back into Bruce Banner because the army is uh, is surrounding him. Yeah, um, and he's angry about it. He's kind of hiding behind a rock. The longer I remain the Hulk, the harder it is to change back, he says. And uh, he doesn't know what he's going to do. So he makes a plan. Yeah, His I'm plan saying, is to jump. They're, they're, I, sorry, I, I misspoke. They hadn't surrounded him. They're just on maneuvers, and they just are by random chance in between Hulk and his height. Yeah. So he doesn't know how to get by them. He thinks maybe he can jump below their radar range, but I guess yeah. above their sight range. Yeah. Uh, but he can't, and he has to like land his jump early because that's a thing you can do. Yeah, halfway through a jump, if you're not happy with it, you can just abort and immediately drop to the earth. Yeah. That's my problem. When I go up to dunk the ball... The basketball. Yeah. I'm always like, I always get a little nervous that I won't dunk it yeah. cool enough, and I abort it and don't even come close to the rim. Sometimes I'll be leaping from rooftop to rooftop, and uh, halfway through I'll be distracted by some good smell and garbage, and I'll just stop my jump early and drop into the alley. Yeah, you'll abort your jump. I yep. will say, other than that, you turned as a jump. This issue is there's not any flying. Yeah. Ditko's on board with the Hulk jumping only. Yeah. Well, the army gets called away just by chance for an emergency alert of some kind, so they all leave. Which is lucky, because even though Banner controls the Hulk at this point, he was thinking, maybe I'll just beat them all up. Yeah, I'll just punch my way through. Yeah. yeah. The Hulk is a different person than Banner, even if Banner is a little bit in control. And so then the Hulk goes back to the cave, steps onto his little machine, turns back into Bruce... I mean... It's not Bruce Banner controlling him. This is a different person. Like, he says, I hate having to become that weakling Banner all the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, seems, he seems to know that there's a partnership here, but it's yeah. not Bruce Banner controlling him. It's it is just a like Banner-Hulk hybrid Yeah, that doesn't really like Banner. It's interesting here. This issue do- deals a lot with this Ray not working great. Because when he first becomes Banner, and I don't know if it's just because of how he was drawn or not, or if it's a decision that Ditko made or a decision Stan Lee made, but Banner goes, what happened? I'm Bruce Banner again, but I'm stronger, more powerful, because it's sort of a jacked Bruce Banner. And then yeah. he immediately gets weak, and he goes, oh, that strength is gone. Yeah, there's a lot of like back and forth with the machine, and it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, then Banner looks at his, he's somehow in, his little hideout has become like a bat cave where he's got like lots yeah. of big computers that are able, just like any computer in the Marvel Universe, you can zoom in and view any place you want. That's right. Um, the technology in 60s Marvel computers is incredible. You could just like hear and see anything that, that you needed to. I'm also so impressed by screen size. This is bigger than my my current television. This is a projection-sized screen going on right here. Banners must be a cinephile. <laughs> he's, he's watching a lot of Criterion Edition movies. Uh, so he's zooming in on the base, and he sees that all the metal on the base is melting. Yeah, he sees and that he, his his rocket that he helped develop. Because when Banner's not the Hulk, he's creating weapons to destroy the world. Uh, but they're melting. And then we cut to that actual location, and the General Thunderbolt Ross is like, who's that? And we see the Metal Master, who's kind of like a skinny, bald dude alien. Yeah. And he begins to tell us his origin story. Yeah, he's got a long story to tell us, and he shares it with us. He's able to manipulate metal, and mm-hmm. he comes from a planet where everybody can do that. But everyone else on the planet is nice, and he tried to conquer all, and so they banished him to space. Right. And so then he came to Earth because Earth has lots of metal, where he could use his powers a lot. And now he's here, and he decided to start his conquering in the center uh, of Western America. 
And General Thunderbolt Ross has a line here that I really agree with. He goes, somebody grab him. He's as nutty as a fruitcake. And I'm like, "That's he sounds that, you know? That, yeah. That is what he sounds like. Yeah. It, that is, uh, uh, you know, we also don't need to know all that stuff. You just, you can control metal. End of story. You're the bad guy. Uh, then he demonstrates it. He melts all these helmets and guns. He melts a tank. He wraps people up in a little metal cage and then gives them 24 hours to hand the earth over to him. And I think there is an Iron Man foe called the Melter. But this is oh, not that guy, I don't think. Yeah, well, this guy wasn't worth like having sticking around, I guess. But he does the same thing. He melts stuff, but it's not like he's making it hot. It's, he's just turning it into liquid. Okay. So it doesn't burn. It just is uh, what right. shape he needs it to be. Um, I like how uh, aliens who want to conquer the Earth, and this is true in science fiction movies and comic books and stories, the first person they run into, they assume, can is in charge of like the planet's authority. You know? The first person you run into, you're like, hey, I give you 24 hours to give me control of the Earth. And it's like, there's, there's nobody on Earth who has that ability, you know? Right. Yeah. The, like, the president of America can't give you the Earth. Nobody has the Earth. He might not know that. Maybe on his planet that would have worked. Okay, it's true, but it just seems like it's a... These villains are really big at delegating. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I also like that they do, like, they just take off. They're like, I'll be back. And now we just... Yeah, I'll give you... You got 24 hours, and I'm going to go touring a little bit. No, it's, it's, and he takes, like, a metal platform underneath his feet and uses it like a flying carpet and zooms away, which I remember as a kid. I loved that. That looks, like, really cool. Yeah, and Thunderbolt Ross does what he does best. He fires a bunch of missiles at the Metal Master. But the missiles are made of metal, so he's he, the Metal Master directs them right back at the base. Yeah, one of them hits the base, and Thunderbolt Ross saves Rick Jones. Knocks Rick Jones out of the way of the blast. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross has a temper, but he's, he's still a good guy. Uh, we cut back to the Hulk's hideout, and Banner is turning into the Hulk because he has seen what's going on, and he wants to come into action. And now, the craziest moment... Of all six issues right. is upon us. Yeah. So he steps on the platform. He turns into the Hulk. Uh, and the first panel we see, like, the Hulk's arms up, sort of covering his face. The ray is so painful. Rick Jones is watching again. Rick Jones got there immediately, is watching aghast. And the second panel, he's pulled down his arms, and he reveals his face is still Bruce Banner's face. So it's the he's green got a Hulk, Hulk body. Yeah. He's the green Hulk body in a scientist Banner head. It's really weird looking. No reason is ever given for this. And I don't even see, like, what the story reason for this is. Like, I don't see why this is a useful it's thing to happen. It's just that this gun, it's just establishing that this gun is not reliable anymore. But luckily, he has a Hulk mask. Yeah, like any superhero, he's got a few masks laying around of his own face. So he just pulls the Hulk mask on over his banner head, and now he looks like the Hulk. I guess it's a really good it's mask. It's a really good mask. It, 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 it fits to your face and moves perfectly i mean it is we're talking movie magic quality mask because it you know there's no difference between that and his regular face upon glancing now they make a big show here out of the hulk is not flying he's jumping he does a big like wind up and he jumps and he lands at the base with the metal Master. that's right uh the metal master throws a bunch of metal at him and and like bops him on the head a few times the hulk isn't really thrown by that he builds the cage he did on the cover um, yep, looks drops cool. it on the Hulk. The Hulk kicks that apart. Um, so the Metal Master says, hey, I can see you're something special. Why don't we team up? Yeah, the Metal Master is impressed by the Hulk. And the Hulk thinks about yeah, it. He spends like three panels and he goes like, yeah, maybe we, we would do pretty good. Um, then he decides yeah, these people- he doesn't need any help. If he wants to conquer the Earth, he can do it alone. <laughs> and so then the uh, Metal Master conks him out with a big metal block and knocks him unconscious. Yeah, easily. I'm surprised how quickly then, uh, he's knocked unconscious there. And then flies <clears throat> away again. Metal Master loves flying away after a big move. Yeah, he flies away. The army who is ne- lurking nearby sees that the Hulk is at the ground, but can tell that he's wearing a mask. And so they pull it off. And I guess this is what the idea was. Like, oh, wouldn't this be threatening if they found out his secret identity? I guess that's what we're being... That's what the drama yeah. is. Because they pull his mask off, but somehow... The Hulk's transformation had completed, and it's his regular face underneath. It's a Hulk face underneath his Hulk mask. Uh, The army is confused, as they should be. Yeah. Why is this guy wearing a mask of the face he actually has? This is crazy. He's got the same face underneath, says the uh, sergeant who ripped off his mask. 
Sounds so funny. Uh, but he's unconscious, and they capture him, and they put him in a cell that they've built just for this for, for containing. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross was prepared for this. He knew he'd catch the Hulk eventually. He's a confident man. Uh, they toss him into a cell, and the Hulk blames Rick Jones for his predicament. You you must have betrayed me, Hulk says to Rick Jones, and Hulk Rick Jones is very hurt by this and starts. Yeah, he crying. cries. He, I mean, the Hulk has been nothing but mean to Rick Jones. He slaps him around. Yeah. He insults him. He, he calls him weak. Uh, and now Rick Jones, I think, is finally realizing he's in a bad relationship, which is why he hooks up with Captain America soon. <laughs> That's right. So the Hulk begins pounding away at the wall to try to escape. Rick Jones is so hurt by the Hulk's accusation that he tries to enlist in the army. He wants General Thunderbolt Ross to be his father. Figure. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross says, no, you're just 16. Go back to school. I've never seen Rick Jones go to school. Uh, I don't believe yeah. he does go to school. I believe he has a dropout. I believe he's a high school dropout. Um, but well, Thunder, Thunderbolt Ross is trying to get him to stay. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Metal Master starts wreaking havoc just all over the earth, just like melting things like. Yeah, that. this seems unnecessary. If you've given them twenty four hours, what is this? If, if, if yeah, I you, kidnapped, uh, will a loved one of yours say uh, our okay. other brother? And okay. I sort of I sent you his finger. And I said, okay, uh, wow. pay me a ransom, Will, in 24 hours or I kill him. And then I sent you like six okay. more fingers later that day. What's that about? Yeah, I'd be like, hey. I'd be like, hey, I'm working yeah, on you it. You gave me 24 hours. What is this? He's, he's not a man of his word, the Metal Master. I can see why he got banished into yeah. space. This is the first also, page uh, 12 also, the first of two Earth-wide shots of just the Earth floating in space. This one with the word balloon of the Metal Master screaming out, the Metal Master! <laughs> like uh, these three panels the dialogue is very silly and bad Um, first he like melts like metal at like an oil rig it looks like and someone goes behold it is the metal master says a normal human being (laughs) then he goes to a bridge and does something to it and he goes only the metal master could do all this and then there's just the earth with a single (laughs) word balloon going the metal master I don't know what that is. We don't know what he's doing. He could just be he could just be hanging out with a group of he's people. He's just ordering a drink for the Metal Master. <laughs> he's at Starbucks yeah. giving his name. Um Well we cut to Rick Jones and Rick Jones is uh, hanging out with his teenage friends who we've never seen. I mean before. somebody dared him, he's right? Depressed. Somebody dared him to go into that that uh bomb testing field. That's right. So these are those guys who might have done it. And he's still... <laughs> I guess so. They haven't seen him in a while. They're like, where have you been the last six months? Hanging out with the Hulk. Rick Jones is depressed that he's got nothing... That he, he's not ready to be an ordinary kid. But his friends have a solution Yeah, this is a solution. In the 60s, all teenagers were doing this well. This is a classic teen yeah. activity. They had all chipped in their money and purchased a ham radio. And they're talking to teens yep. all over the country. <laughs> Yeah, they're able to, using their ham radio, communicate all over the country, maybe yeah. the world. Every teen has a ham radio, and they form the Teen Brigade. Yep. And so in six panels, we have created a thing. But you know what? When I was a kid, I loved the Teen Brigade. I loved thinking about ham radios. I wanted a ham radio. This was pre-internet that we were reading. I mean, the comics. Teen Brigade is a pretty big part in the Avengers. Oh, yeah? yeah. Really? This is not their only appearance. It's funny. They are involved with the Avengers at some point. Um uh, until like Rick Jones sort of just becomes uh, Captain America's new sidekick. Um, I remember how Sherlock Holmes had the Baker Street Irregulars, and that was like a bunch of scamps on Baker Street yeah. who would like do like little errands for him and stuff. I guess like uh, it's just a thing when you have a superhero like protagonist, you got to have a little group of kids doing your bidding. Yeah, yeah. The Team Brigade is really weird. <laughs> also, they serve I think no purpose for this story. They're really yeah, forced, but, but they're they're here and they're going to do things. But I just don't know if it's necessary things. Meanwhile, the Hulk breaks out of his cell. I yeah, this 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 is like the first. This becomes a kind of a standard Hulk thing, um, and it actually was alluded to a few pages earlier. The Metal Master built an unbreakable jail cell, and the Hulk broke it immediately. He goes, eh, "Nothing's unbreakable when you're the Hulk." Um, a common Hulk thing is for him to be put in something that is unbreakable, and then he just gets stronger and breaks it. And I sort of love it, even though that's sort of dumb. It's like, oh, yeah. this is the it's way we've caught you this time. This can't be broken. And then the Hulk goes, oh, yeah? And I'll punch it till it breaks. It's like, no, no, you can't break it. I'm going to keep <laughs> punching it. And then it breaks. And the guy's like, fuck. 
<laughs> That's so annoying. It's very fun. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross is talking to Betty. Betty's distraught that she hasn't seen yeah. Banner. Uh, and then Thunderbolt Ross gets word that the Hulk has escaped. Yeah, he's furious. He screams, first that blasted Metal Master, then Banner is missing. Now the Hulk is free again of all the blankety blank. So he's mad. <laughs> he's mad. Meanwhile, the Hulk is back at his hideout, and he turns into Banner, and he's extremely yeah. weak. Uh, and, and Rick is there, and Banner is really nice. And Rick showed up to it. pack his stuff to go be full-time ham radio team brigade. But Banner says a nice thing to him, and he so you know Rick Jones takes him back, and they're in a relationship again. But that that hasn't stopped the Team Brigade. They have a plan to help the Hulk, and they all go scattering to their ham radios to enact. Yeah, Banner plan. has a plan. He goes, "I thought of a way to beat the Metal Master, but I need help. I can't do it alone." When we see what the plan is, I don't believe him. Yeah, the plan ends up being something I don't think they needed the Team Brigade. But at this point, it seems like we need the Team Brigade to get all these right. supplies. And we hear some of the supplies something. they're getting, none of which are used. Right? Well. They reached, we reached None Pittsburgh. Our condensers are on the way. Here's the tubes and circuits Rick asked for from Seattle. Blueprints on the way, over and out. Um, so with that, with that in motion or whatever. I, you know what? I'm not even certain you need to be the Hulk to beat the metal. I guess you do at the very end. Yeah, the Hulk, I think you do need the Hulk. You need the Hulk to punch him at the very end. So also yeah. just to draw his attention, maybe? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, while the team brigade is in action, Banner zaps himself with more gamma radiation. Yep. This uh, this building at the bottom of page uh, fifteen is the United Nations. Um, yeah, is it called that though? No, but I I think it's cool that it is that. And the speech yeah. coming from inside of it is: "We've tried every weapon, every scheme. Nothing can stop the Metal Master." Yeah. Meanwhile, he the Metal Master is like wrecking train tracks. The Soviets fire missiles at him. They also are melted. He melts a bunch of jets. Yeah. Then there's another shot of the airplane, of the Earth talking, um, at the top of page seventeen. Oh yeah, yeah. The second Earth talking. So, this one's less ridiculous. It's not just saying the Metal Master. It's a normal speech balloon continuing his monologue from when he went to sleep up in a cloud, as he did. Oh yeah, he took a nap in the cloud. God, that's funny. Um, Kev, let's take a little break right here. Sure, let's do it. While the Metal Master sleeps in the cloud, we will sleep as well. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. Okay, we're back. And the Hulk is in action. So the Hulk's meeting up with the team brigade, and we see um, what he's done with their supplies, and it's a huge gun that he's holding. That's right. He built a huge gun using the... The equipment that the Teen Brigade got him. Um, it's really cool looking. It's very video game, I think, for the Hulk to be given some unnecessarily huge gun. And it does look sort of fun. Yeah, there's uh, a big it, giant cable. It's unclear what it does. A couple straps to help the Hulk hold it. We, we talk about Kirby machines, but Ditko's got some pretty good machines, too. He's got a great design uh, ethos, um, I guess, is maybe the word. Uh, his designs yeah. are great. They're not absurdly huge and convoluted like Kirby's that can be so fun. Though this is, I mean, maybe this is Ditko saying, I can do it. Give me the Fantastic Four. I can make a good Fantastic Four comic. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, when I first saw this, I'm like, well, he'll just melt the gun. Like, that seems crazy. Right. uh, You were right to think that. that. They're not talking about that. And then they spot the Metal Master. He's floating around in a cloud. Team Brigade gets word to the Hulk, and the Hulk with information from the team brigade holding a huge gun, jumps and leaps to meet the Metal Master. That's right. I think it's near DC is what we're told. The, the traveling makes no sense in this. Again, I assume Hulk is in New Mexico. He yeah. jumps to DC. Okay, I'm going to assume that can he can do that pretty quickly. But also, a little bit later, Thunderbolt Ross shows up in DC. And I don't believe all those tanks could have gotten to DC in this issue. Or that there's not another general who's like... 
Well, that if, I believe. Better than Thunder- Thunderbolt Ross? I don't know. I mean, like There's no other general, Will. Okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> we gotta. We can't fight the Metal Master and the Hulk. We gotta wait for Thunderbolt Ross to to fly here. <laughs> That's right. He's on. He's getting on. He's on a Delta flight. He'll be here soon. The, the you know he's they're taking off in an hour. He's held up at TSA. Yeah, he's got a lot of guns and stuff to get through that security, even pre nine eleven. <laughs> so uh, the Metal Master's facing off against the Hulk here outside of DC. Metal Master sees the Hulk's gun. He's really excited to, like, melt it and make it explode. He invokes his mental powers, and nothing happens to the gun. He starts really freaking out, too. He's, like, he's getting cold sweats by the bottom of page 19. So just, he's an alien, but he still sweats like us Earthlings. And he gets closer. Yeah, he's got a lot. He basically is extremely human-looking, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, he gets closer and closer, really trying to melt this gun or make it explode. I guess he's trying to make it explode. He's yeah, he goes, you must explode, explode, explode! Meanwhile, Thunderbolt Ross is encroach is uh, heading toward the Hulk with like a bunch of tanks and missiles. Oh and yeah, it says after a record-breaking cross-country jet flight, Thunderbolt Ross takes so Stanley knew that he was in DC now takes command of the assembled missile striking force. So I think just Thunderbolt Ross flew to DC to be in charge of all the tanks. Okay, I guess he's the Hulk expert. Yeah. So then, meanwhile, the Metal Master has gotten close enough to the Hulk to try to melt this gun. Um, at first, he flings his little metal platform at the Hulk and, like, just tinks off of him. Yeah. And then he gets close enough for the Hulk to grab him, and the Hulk threatens to punch him, which I think would kill the Metal Master. Yeah. But he says, uh, first fix everything that you broke. And I, if you do that, I won't punch you. So not only can he affect metal, he can affect metal from great distances. I mean, he is like one of the most powerful villains I've ever seen. Yeah. He fixes the, everything he bent on his journey around the planet. And then <laughs> the next panel is just him and his ship flying away. Yep. He's convinced to leave. And he, one, one threat and a, one punch and he gives up. Yep. Uh, the kids are like, well, what's going on? How'd you, how'd you beat him, Hulky? And it uh, turns out that it's not a metal gun. It's um, made of cardboard and plastic. Yeah. Which they should know if they got him the parts. But also the parts they got him were condensers and circuit boards. And, and none of that would have been used in a fake gun that doesn't do anything. Maybe in addition, he made like a cool model train. <laughs> he, he, he used this to set up his uh, home brewing craft brew uh, uh, station. He's got a few vats making some beers for later. And then he, with the cardboard that that stuff came in, like the Amazon boxes, he built this gun. Yeah, thanks, Team Brigade. Thanks for uh, helping me get this this uh, gizmo going. But the uh, bottom of page 21, where he's just sort of like hanging out with the kids, is ridiculous. He's like petting them on the head <laughs> and stuff. He's like friend, friend, friend to kids. Yeah. And the army and the shows up. The kids are up, dazzled. Uh, Rick climbs on the back of Hulk and they jump away. And uh, General Thunderbolt Ross is impressed that the Hulk saved the whole Earth. Hulk steps on his gun uh, to, sorry, steps in front of his gamma ray machine. It looks like a gun, but it's a gamma ray machine to turn back to Banner, and it doesn't work. So he he seems to be trapped as the Hulk. Yeah, and even though he never wants to become uh, Banner, right now he's upset about it. Because he knows it's a good hiding place. Like, he's going to be now hunted nonstop. I always hated Banner's weak body. I always wished I could stay as the Hulk. But now, to be the Hulk forever, to always be hunted, feared. He punches a bunch of stuff. But then he turns into Banner, and it's like it was just a delayed reaction. Yeah. So this gun is... If this comic had continued, I think this is a storyline that is starting here. That this weapon, this, this tool, is unreliable and having weird effects on the Hulk. I guess that's fun, but since it's so unreliable and crazy, it's kind of not fun. I like knowing rules in my superhero stuff. Yeah, and also since it's never followed up on because the comic is canceled. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um, Banner. So oh, we also find out while uh, as the Hulk was trapped as the Hulk that he's been pardoned for all of his past crimes because of what he did for the middleman. Yeah, that sets him up to join the Avengers, I guess. Which he doesn't end up doing, but he could have. Um, now Thunderbolt Ross is screaming around his house. Bruce Banner shows up and claims to have been in Bermuda <laughs> during a very funny excuse during the test of his weapon system. He went to Bermuda, and he must have read the news about how there was an alien melting metal over the whole planet. Like I'm sure that got covered in Bermuda. Yeah, I'm sure it did. He doesn't act like he doesn't know what's happened. I mean, you don't need Banner here when that's happening. To be fair, also who feels under the weather and just flies to Bermuda? Like I don't know a lot of. 
Especially a lot of academic scientist mm-hmm. types who like jet set over to Bermuda to recuperate. Even you and all your big time Hollywood friends don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm hanging out with really big time people, and we don't we don't do that. So, um, Betty is really happy to see Bruce, and this is where we find out that Bruce does have feelings for Betty. Yeah, um, he sort of takes her on a date. He he likes her. He's sweet on her. Uh, meanwhile, Rick Jones is in the hideout looking at the gamma ray machine, worried about what crazy thing it'll do next time, which we never find yeah, out. Yeah, book is canceled. Um, all right, that's the end of the that's issue. That's right, Will. So it's a weird issue. Um, yeah. Let's do awards. Let's do it. Uh, my dialogue is going to be uh, General Ross's blankety-blank line. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, um, now the Hulk is free again of all the blankety-blank... And then, uh, what's your dialogue? Oh, I, I picked a, a picture. I have not picked dialogue. Um, tell me your picture, and then I'll do both of mine. Okay, mine is the reveal that Hulk has Banner's head. The bottom of page seven, panel. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Eight, eight. It just looks so crazy. Yeah, uh, my favorite picture, which uh, is the one where, where is it? It's on page six, the first panel where the helmet is melting off the army guy's head. Oh yeah, that does. The look guns cool. are all melting in their hands, and one helmet's just yeah. floating away. That's that's very. Difficult. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I guess this dialogue I'm going to pick. Um, um, the Hulk considering turning evil. Huh? Team up okay, with you? Yeah. You're nuts! I hey, why not? I don't know nothing of the human <laughs> race. They've been hounding me, hunting me, treating me like an animal. Uh, in fact, both panels, if I can cheat. Uh, this would be my chance to pay them all back. We could, nah, forget it. I ain't buying. It's the Hulk. The Hulk needs nobody. I can do what I got to do without you. I'm the Hulk. Do you hear? The Hulk. So I like that. He had two big switches real quick. Um, also, I love the facial expressions Ditko drew there. He really just draws great faces. Like the Hulk in that first panel is like, huh? I wasn't even expecting this offer. And he gets yeah. sort of mad about the offer. Yeah, Ditko's very diligent about actually mi- minding the person's feelings. Yeah. Um, all right, those are our awards. Do we have any emails? We do have some emails, Willie. Willie, okay. Willie. You come to Willie. All right, Willie Hines. Let's do it. Um, um, Mike Sazabo. Uh, Sazabo. Okay. He told me how to pronounce it, and I didn't read it. Mike Sazabo wrote us. Uh, he's written us before, and he, uh, he he's the guy who emailed us about asking about the Human Torch trademark scandal that led to Herbie being in the cartoon. Um, right. Uh, I've never read full runs of comics, but I have read most of the important events. If you could power rank your favorite Marvel event storylines, uh, taking out original Galactus and Master Planner trilogies, since I know you feel about those, what would be your top five? And I don't think we can answer that, because I don't think you've read that many big events. I um, haven't. Is that like Secret War, Civil War? Yeah, kind of he stuff? includes uh, his. Here's his top five. Number one is Civil War. Two is the original Secret Wars. Three is Annihilation. Four is the Infinity Gauntlet, and five is Craven's Last Hunt. So he's including like a smaller event, like Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, I guess I would yeah. ask you, Will. Uh, you have read less comics, but you read during the kind of the start of the event era. Do you like any of the events you've read? They're always a mixed bag. They're never as good as, like, the stories. You know, they're never as good as, like, the stories that are just contained within the title mm-hmm. itself. Like, the trial of Galactus, the John Byrne story, FF, was, like, so great. Um, and it's a kind of an epic-feeling story. And I like it better than Secret Wars. So the stories are never as good. But there is something fun about everybody getting together. Like, I did, I did enjoy, like, the Secret Wars, actually, I didn't like so much the secret wars itself the 12 issues of the secret mm-hmm. wars but i loved all the effects that it had throughout all the comics like the black costume and thing being out of the picture for a while it was it was exciting um i, I don't know it's like a, it's a really mixed what about bag. things like the mutant events like uh, the mutant massacre i think you were still reading then um yeah um i did i did like the mutant stuff um it it did feel contained though within the sort of X universe. Yeah, but I would still say that's an event. Um, it was just an X event that just affected X Men books, New Mutants, X Men. I think X Factor right. maybe had started by then. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Um, what do you feel about him? I feel like I trust your opinion more than my own on this. I don't... I like... I wish they happened infrequently. I think they'd be really fun if they happened like every five years. Uh, Marvel did this thing where Marvel Comics got really bad. Um, and Joe Casado was put in charge of Marvel. And for a while, they didn't do any events. And uh, this guy ranks Civil War number one. I don't really like Civil War. I, I find it hard to read. But... Um, I think the reason Civil War felt so good to people is it was the first event that Marvel had done in a while. They kind of had stopped doing them. They maybe did like smaller ones like within the Spider books or within the X books. That maybe was happening. But for one, they weren't doing any like epic uh, line-wide things because they were just getting their books back into quality is basically their plan. It was like, let's just make Captain America good. Let's make Iron Man interesting. Let's fix Spider-Man. Let's fix the X-Men. And then once all those pieces are working again, let's do an event. Right. And I think that is why the Civil War was popular with people. It's probably why I still like Secret Wars, even though I think it's not probably not great. I still, when I read it, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Because it was sort of like taking all these toys that they had spent building up for 20 years and throwing them all together. It's almost like, how could you go wrong? Yeah. Very crazy. Uh, I reread Crisis. Uh, very recently, because the uh, CW uh, shows did their own version of Crisis. That's fun. Um, and Crisis is boring for like the first four issues, okay. uh, or like the first half is like boring, and then it gets really fun. Like the first half is like all setting up with these cosmic characters that uh, the monitors and anti monitors. But then once all the superheroes are together, it is super. It is really fun just to see like all the different Supermans and Blue Beetle and all these guys teaming up. So I don't know. Infinity Gauntlet is definitely a pretty good one. Annihilation, which he also cites, I also think is really good. But Annihilation, like what you were saying with the mutant ones, was sort of self-contained. Yeah. It was this sort of story about all the cosmic characters, none of which had their own books at that time. So it was like, you don't need to read this. If, unless you're interested in Nova. Right. <laughs> and I read it because Keith Giffen uh, worked on it. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to read this. Keith Giffen always does good stuff. And it was great. It was really fun. And it, because of that, they launched Nova again as a new title. And then that led to Guardians of the Galaxy, which oh, obviously uh, was very successful. Interesting. And uh, then they kind of started doing events constantly in the cosmic universe as well. Like they followed Annihilation up with another one uh, or another two, maybe. The War of Realms was one of them. Uh, I forget what the other one was called. Um, and they were all pretty good, relatively self-contained, but not as good as that first one, which I think benefited from just like, oh, nobody had really done anything with these characters in a while. So I don't know. I don't like them is the general thing because I just want to read my books. Right. Okay. That being said, the re- the most recent Marvel one, War of the Realms, yes. which was by, um, what was it called? War of the Realms? I don't forget. Maybe I said War of the Realms for the... Um, uh, space one, but I think it was called War of the Realms. It was Jason Aaron's Thor event. So it was like a Thor led event. It was pretty good. It wasn't great. It was still like distracting from uh, all these other books, but it was beautifully drawn and there's lots of cool moments. Daredevil becomes the new um, keeper of the uh, Rainbow Bridge. That's, that's a weird choice. Because now, so now he can, he, uh, the Rainbow Bridge guy uh, can see everything. Yes. But Daredevil can't see everything, but he can sense everything. Okay. So they like had fun with that, which was really weird. Yeah. Uh, Punisher goes like full soldier on trolls and stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's like all these sort of like fun, silly things happening. Um, was it good? I don't know. But it was like fun. Like they did different things with these characters. And so in that sense, it was fun. But in general, I would love it if they happened rarely. But they make money. So why would they ever stop? Never. They'll never stop. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for that email. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we have two more uh, quick ones, Will. Okay. Nabil, Nabil Gaber. Uh, everyone's also signing their emails. Uh, uh, Mike, you signed his, your number one milk sop. <laughs> and Nabil signed his, your loyal milk sop. Uh, and I love it. All, all these milk sops emailing us, Will. I feel like a milk sop, too. I identify with milk sops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loving your coverage of the Hulk so far. It's truly incredible. Pun fully intended. Uh, how you're able to capture the magic of these early Kirby Ditko Lee stories in your podcast. What I'd really like to know is what's your favorite incarnation of the Hulk? Savage, Green, Joe Fixit, Professor Hulk, etc. 
He's got a second question, which I'll ask you after that, Will. All right. Well, I like, you know, the close. I'm less familiar with the incarnations of the Hulk than Kevin. So I like Savage. I like Savage Hulk. Hulk Smash. Yeah. Angry, just barely in control. That's my favorite. But I'm, I'm, most, I'm most familiar with it, too. So that might is a little biased. I think I, I am attracted to Joe Fixit persona, which is sort of the. They call him Joe Fixit, though that was just sort of the name he took on himself. Uh, during that storyline, it's basically the Gray Hulk. Uh, when he turns into the Gray Hulk at night, that Hulk is Joe Fixit, who is a weaker Hulk. He's not as strong as the Savage Hulk, but he is like sneakier, more devious, maybe maybe eviler, but he's still a good guy. He's, um, he's got a code of honor of some kind. Yeah, he definitely does. He doesn't like you know he's not killing people or anything, but he's a little more selfish, a little more. Uh, uh, but definitely a Hulk that thinks about how can I um, keep Banner from coming back? You know, like he's trying to get ahead of Banner on this. And so he's an interesting character. And I like him just because that was when I first started reading the Hulk comic, that was the status quo. Yeah. And it was so different. And from the Hulk that I knew from cartoons that I was very interested in it. Um, it was followed up by Professor Hulk, which is what they call the amalgamated Hulk which is Professor Hulk is basically just a combination of Joe Fixit, the Savage Green Hulk, and Banner himself. Okay. Uh, and then since then, there's been a handful more. The current one is the Devil Hulk, which I don't... I'm waiting for that storyline to end before I really decide how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think when there's too many variations of the Hulk, it gets silly. Right. And so I liked... Uh, sort of when Peter David was writing it, his sort of explanation was there's Banner, there's the Hulk, and then there's this other split personality, which is the Gray Hulk that was sort of put in the recesses for a while. Um, and the Professor Hulk is just a combination of those. He's not his own personality. And a lot of the other personalities, I like to, for my own self, justify them as one of these three Hulks, three personalities. I see when people say them. Uh, the Devil Hulk seems to be something new, but it's sort of undefined what it is. Um, anyway, uh, I think it's interesting uh, thing to look at. But definitely my favorite era of the Hulk was that Peter David run, which started with Joe Fixit. All right. So here's We're, your question, Will. Okay. If you could write your own incarnation, what would yeah. your ideal version of the Hulk be? But I'm going to modify that. What would you think would be a fun new take on the Hulk, a new status quo? Well, I mean, I uh, my, um, I mean, if I was writing the Hulk, I'd be very influenced by Jekyll and Hyde. I would want like an evil, um, like your base desires let out, like s- things that Banner secretly wants to do is what the Hulk would do. That I I would lean that way, um, which is what I always thought of Mister Hyde, kind of. Right. And um, so you, so for you, the Hulk would start like making more podcasts with his free time and uh, actually, here, okay, <laughs> I, I do. Here's my crazy part of the answer. I would have him be like get into like a music scene he'd become like a deviant member criminal member of a rock band okay like the like hulk you. would play bass okay, in, a, in, an, cool. in an anarchist an instrument in an anarchist he would do drugs he would steal money he would break hearts he'd be an agent of chaos in the way of like an out of control rock star and that's what hulk would do and banner secretly wants that yeah, and Banner would be like, ah, you spent all night rocking out? Yeah, you jerk. What, what about paying rent? Right. That's, that'd be my take. That's like a, that's a, uh, it feels like um, it's an indie comic version. The Los Bros. Yeah, the Hernandez Los Bros. Hernandez version. Who wrote the Hulk. They would do that, and they would just be like, just be the Hulk all the time in this band. Yeah. <laughs> Luba would play uh, lead guitar. <laughs> Hulk would have like a gay affair with somebody in the band. <laughs> Hulk's only gay for this guy, but he really loves him. Uh, Nabil has also started his own comic blog inspired by us, Will. It's at the comicbookcolumn.org. Oh, nice. Congrats. I love it. Everybody should make stuff. Yeah, good job, Milksop. Good job, Milksop. And one more. Charles Smith emails us. Uh, Thanks for the great podcast. You've quickly become my favorite. It's very nice. Uh, just ready to see if you had read Incredible Hulk 312. It retcons some of the Bruce Ban- uh, some of Bruce Banner's early history. Not a bad read, but be warned, it is part of the not so great Secret Wars two arc. Mm. Um, and so I looked up what this issue was, and I haven't read it, though I'm very familiar with it. 
this is the issue that sort of Peter David built his whole run off of where they established that the Hulk's father was abusive or Banner's father, Bruce Banner's father was abusive. Okay. And that the Hulk is a split personality of Banner's made real by the gamma radiation. I love that take. That's where it all starts in this uh, issue, 312, with art by Mike Mignola. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hellboys. But um, I've never read it. It's crazy. Like, I, I know how it's, it's, it's a seminal, important Hulk issue. Um, I want to read it. I love that. I love that edition. Yeah. I mean, it's become, I mean, it's for sure being used in the Immortal Hulk right now. It is since Peter David run, Peter David got a lot of credit for that. And he's always, you know, he's never, he's like, oh, I didn't come up with that idea. Um, but because his run did so much with it, people think, people think Peter David created the great, brought the gray Hulk back and created this split personality thing. But those things had already happened and he just read them and said, well, let's do something with that. Peter David's really good at using the toys. I see. Uh, anyway, it's a good issue. I, I hear. Yeah. I haven't read it. I should yeah. have. It's crazy. Good recommendation. I, I've read it's everything, crazy. and I haven't read like one of the most important Hulk issues. That is a knowing recommendation. I appreciate it. Uh, that's what we got today from email. If you want right. to email us, you can do that at screwitspidey at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram account, screwitcomics. And then there's a little bonus Instagram account called screwitrecent. And we're on Twitter, too, screwitcomics, although that's mostly just our Instagram uh, but um, yeah, follow us, please, and talk to us about comics. Uh, next week, we're going to do our final episode of this little Hulk arc. Yeah, which is uh, we're going to go over some of the Tales to Astonish issues, which is what happens after the Hulk's main title gets canceled. Yeah, I think our plan is to go in depth through at least issue 60, maybe 61 as well, because they're half issues. And then we're going to wrap up the Hulk. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the stories that follow that. We haven't read all of them, but just uh, uh, I'm going to at least read the, the, the re- reread the Ditko ones that goes to like 67 or 68. Um, and we'll talk about those briefly. We'll talk about the Hulk a little bit more and wrap everything up. Right? Um, yeah, that's right. So that's what uh, that's what's happening next episode. Um, and then we'll start our new season shortly after that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I'm excited. Kevin, good job. Yeah, Wilk. Uh, uh, good job uh, milk sopping it up. Yeah, you're a real milk sop. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Screw it, screw it. Just about comics. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.